Well, good evening. That was almost as if you were there. Good evening. Good to see you. I'm so glad for those of you who are here, especially those of you who looked in the bulletin this morning and saw that I was going to be preaching and decided to come anyway. I'm so, so glad um, that you are here. Um, tonight, because it's a Sunday night crowd, it's, it's a Sunday night kind of a message tonight. At least that's what I'm aiming for. I'm going to guess and, 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 and maybe even a little bit of assume that most of us here tonight are, are hopefully Christians. Probably most of us have some sort of relationship with Jesus Christ, or at least, even if you don't, you're at least thinking about it um, fairly serious, or you wouldn't be at a Baptist church on a Sunday night. Um, it's just a Sunday night crowd, you get kind of the home folk, and, and except for these strange people from Texas here, um, it just you, you get the home crowd, and, and so tonight, it's just for you, um, tonight. Um, it's also just for you because... I'm guessing that when Reggie got the call from Minden um, and he said, well, okay, I'll, I'll go over there, he started going down the list of, well, who can I get to take my spot on Sunday night? And I'm just guessing that the rest of these guys screen their phone calls better than I do. Um, and I'm just, you know, the one who said, oh, it's the pastor calling. Of course I'll answer the phone. Um, not so sure about the rest of them. But tonight, here we are. I want to talk with you tonight about Ruth, um, chapter one. We're going to kind of look together um, through the first 18 verses of that chapter. It'll take us most of the way through chapter 1. But looking at Ruth, looking at the beginning of her story, um, and hopefully examining the idea tonight, kind of big picture tonight, is going to be talking about the idea of commitment out of obligation versus commitment out of love. Um, We're going to examine that idea tonight. Our pastor this morning um, talked a little bit about commitment, about what that means, um, what that means for married people, what that means for us as Christians. Um, So we're just going to kind of keep that theme going tonight, talk a little bit more about commitment. But tonight, specifically looking at commitment out of obligation or commitment out of love. So Ruth chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 1. It says something like this. It says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, and they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years. Both Malon and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and without her husband. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but the title of this book within the Bible is Ruth, right? Um, And we start the story of Ruth really with a story of a different family. We start it with a story of Elimelech, and we start it with the, the end there, talking about her is not Ruth. Her is Naomi. So far, we're really talking about a completely different family. Usually, especially in Old Testament, when you and I get the introduction to someone, it is this person who is the son of this person, 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 and we get those verses that everybody likes to memorize, right? And so we, we, that's usually the start of, here's the background of someone. But for Ruth we find the background for her is a different family. What's going to matter in her life is a different family. I just find that interesting. There's so, 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 so many parallels for me and for you in the book of Ruth drawn to 
what it means with, with our relationship and us being a part of the family of God, what Boaz is going to picture as a picture of Jesus Christ, and so many great and wonderful pictures. And we even have one here just in the very beginning. Because what matters most for me and for you, even though my parents are here today, what matters for us most is going to be your family that you've been adopted into because of Jesus Christ. It's going to be the family that you've married into as part of the bride of Christ. And the same is true for Ruth. That family will matter for eternity. Now, your other family, it's going to have influences on you. You just feel free to look at my father and and know, much like some of you have already said, easy to pick him out when your family stood up. I knew which one was your dad. He's very tall. Um, And so your, your family is going to have those influences. But for Ruth, we get a picture here of noting that What matters for her is the the family she's going to join. What matters for me and for you is the family that we join, that we are part of the body of Christ, that we are the bride of Christ, that we've been adopted as children of God. That's what matters. And so we get get the beginning of the story um, with Ruth here. But we find out some other things here. Um, we, We find out that Ruth... She's mentioned there, um, and it says that she spent about 10 years, in verse 4, says that she spent about 10 years with this family so far. Um, now, in those 10 years, um, she's with not just a family, but, but go back, look in verse uh, 2, kind of the tail end of verse 2, says they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. Now, what that really means is um, that these folks were old Bethlehem people, much, much like their, maybe even some of you, who have been in Ruston, and you are from Ruston. I live in Ruston. I am not from Ruston. Some of you are from Ruston. And you know the difference. You can tell the difference in the way that people drive. Um, You can tell the difference in the way that people get from one side of Ruston to the other side of Ruston. You can tell it in where they shop. You can tell all sorts of things that some of you, you you can tell it because you know that person and their mama and their cousin and what their dog's name is. All of those things that every time I've learned so quickly, I'm glad you just can't talk about anyone here because they're related to somebody in multiple ways sometimes. Um, There are people that when you're from somewhere that is just a little bit different. And that's really what this is saying. That these are people that are that they are from Bethlehem, from old way back Bethlehem, that is them. Which is a clue for me and for you that these are these are Jewish good folks. What they would have been teaching Ruth over that ten years would not have been a reassurance of her customs and beliefs from Moab. If she's there and a part of their family and they were from Bethlehem, then what she was going to get would be the beliefs, the customs, the traditions from Bethlehem. And so she's there getting a part of all of this stuff. And, and it's, it's got to be, I think, accepting of these new customs, these new traditions. We know that because you know the rest of the story that she accepts those things as a part of her life um, from her in-laws. Most of us may not work that way. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's your choice of whether or not what customs you want to accept and those kinds of things. But she does that even from her in-laws. Commend her for that, right? She does all of these things and she accepts them. She sees them, though, not just as in-laws. She sees them as family. And she always will. But they are her family. And so she begins to be inundated with all of these customs, traditions, beliefs, and sees them lived out in front of her. 
Um, and so she gets all of these things, and then all of the men in the family die. It's, it's famine, and it's, it's family, and it's funerals, all in these first verses. They've all gone away. And so it's, it leaves you and I with the question at this point of, so now what? Now what's going to happen? Especially knowing some of the customs of the time, if there's just women left of a family, then things get a little bit shaky. And so, so now what? Now that it's just the ladies, wonder what's going to happen. So let's go on. Ready? Verse 6. It says, Then she arose, talking about Naomi, rose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited the people, had visited his people, and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that, I may, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say that I have hope, even that I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. They then lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. There's several different things that happen in here, but we get this idea when you have the, uh, the question of, all right, well, it's just the ladies now, so now what? We, we get, well, they make their decisions. And what they really say at first is, we don't want to leave you. We, we don't want to go. Um, and you even get this wonderful picture of how she calls them my daughters. She truly has accepted them into the family. It is not... Um, bride of, of my son, it, it, but they are daughters. And she calls them daughters over and over. She says, no, 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 you turn back. There's no way that I can ever provi- provide for you. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, in fact, she even uses a, a really interesting word. Um, there in verse 9, she says, go back that you may find rest. Um, and the idea there with, with, with rest, you take that and you feel free and go home and do your homework and, and look that back up in, in chapter 3, verse 1. Um, and it is another kind of same usage of the word. And they're going to be talking about Naomi saying, find rest with Boaz. It is not, not the idea of that they need a nap. All right? It's the idea of finding security. It's the idea of finding identity. So go and find security. Go find identity. Go find the place where you belong. Go find rest where you can be at home, where you can rest in knowing who you are and where you belong. Go find rest there. And she, she does that with them. And, and Orpah decides, all right, I'm going to go find my rest with, with what I know of my family that I used to have. But it says that Ruth clung to her because she said that her identity, her security was in her new family, was with Naomi. With, with whatever was left of that family, even if it was only Naomi. She said, my, my security, my identity, my rest, I'm going to find with you. Verse 10, they, actually, they go on, and they, they both say, we, we want to stay with you. 
We, 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 we want to, wherever you go, we're going with you. And so Naomi makes another plea and says, no, 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 you don't understand. Um, I don't know that I can provide for you and, and explains that to them. And then we find the decisions that, that are being made. Um, it's, it's hard to leave things that you love. In my mind with, with Orpah, even though that she leaves and, and sometimes she gets the, the, a bad, I don't know, reputation or idea about her for that, it's, it's hard. I, I know that she, there's love there for Naomi, I think, because she calls her her daughter. I think there's a wonderful relationship there. And it is hard to leave the things that you love. I get to work with teenagers. I get to hear the word love be used in lots of different circumstances and uh, different ways. And, and I love, I love watching romances. Especially when you go to like camp. I used to love going to camp because there would be people that half an hour in, they'd have them scouted out. And like two hours in, they would have like, hey, we're now dating. <laughs> and I knew that those, I'm like, man, this is, this is going to be a sad Friday for you. Um, and they would tell me that, oh, I just, I love him so much. Or I just don't know what I'll do without her. Like, I can tell you what you're going to do without her. You're going to get on the bus and go home. Like, I mean, you're not going to be thinking about him again in a week. Like, I, we've, I've seen this before. Let, here we go. Um, it, it amazes me sometimes with those relationships. It, they use the word love. But sometimes there's other things that just get in the way of that whether it be friends, whether it be uh, sports, whether it just be a different girl or boy, uh, whatever happens, sometimes there's just something that gets in the way. You and I, I think, sometimes may uh, work the same. I think sometimes the same is true with God. That There are people all around us that would tell us that they love him, but they would also let things get in the way. That people with, with these two women, they have very much the same uh, experiences with this lady, or at least the same opportunities for those experiences with her. But one chooses to stay, one chooses to go. And you see that one of them is, is more tied to the possibility of a life without her. And one says, nope, my life is only with her. You and I are surrounded by people all the time. You and I go to church with people that would have the same experiences that you and I do, or at least the opportunity for those experiences. And you can watch and you can tell in their actions that they would say that I love God, I'm devoted to him, I'm committed to him. But sometimes something else gets in the way for some. And then for some, life only exists with God. And you have a picture of that going on here. Um, even, even the idea of that some would even say that, well, it's just a temporary thing. That, that my commitment to God is, is first and is only temporary that I'm not committed for today or that I'm not committed for a little while. I'm coming back. I know that God is first. Temporary commitment to some things means a temporary commitment to God. You, you can't have that. It does not work to have a full commitment to God and to temporarily leave and think you still have that commitment. We have a picture 
going on here. Ruth shows us, though, something very different. Let's look in verse 15. It says, we catch the tail end of verse 14. It says that Ruth clung to her. But verse 15, she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. That Catch that, because we're going to come back, and that's going to mean something for us. Not only has she gone back to her people, but even Naomi knows, after 10 years of influence from the people from Bethlehem, she's still gone back to her people and to her gods. So she's gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. These are, I, I like these verses. Uh, we have this idea that Orpah has gone, but Ruth has chosen to stay. Ruth is showing us something different. She is more committed to life with Naomi than to life without Naomi. And she goes in and she says these, this beautiful string of phrases. And I want to talk about some of those with you. First of all, she starts off with, where you go, I will go. The idea there is that she is telling Naomi that I am trusting you. I'm trusting your decision making. Um, I'm telling you that I am dependent upon you, upon your wisdom of whatever it is that you choose to do. I'm a part of it. I am dependent upon you. Where you go, if you choose to go back to Bethlehem, then I'm going with you. And if what you heard was wrong about them having food, it does not matter. I'm still going with you and I will be there with you. And if you decide from there to come back here, then I'm with you. Wherever it is, where you go, I'm going to go. If you stay here, if you go halfway and then decide to stay, I'm dependent upon you and your wisdom and your leadership. And then she goes on to say, where you lodge, I will lodge. Meaning that Ruth is agreeing to be a part of whatever family that Naomi finds. Knowing that Naomi's husband is gone, her sons are gone, she is saying, whatever family you find, when you go back to Bethlehem, where you're from, hopefully there's family there. I don't know what it is. I've never met them. I don't know them. But, but whatever family you find, if it's the crazy half of the family or if it's the normal half of the family, whatever family it is that you find, where you lodge, where you make your home, where you find rest, I'm, I'm with you. I will lodge at the same place and I will be there. I will not go to some place and then end up with a different family. I will be with you. And then she says, your people will be my people. This meant that Ruth was giving up her identity, her heritage, her family back in Moab. And we don't know who her father is anyway. It was never given to us. Who her mother, her brothers, any of that. We, I don't know that. We know from the beginning of the story that she was going to give that up. But here she's saying, your people are going to be my people. And just like you and I, we've already discussed those people that are from Ruston. You kind of know those people and love them or, or, or not. I kind of like them. But she's saying, hey, I, those people, I'll be a part of them. I, I'm giving up my identity and who I used to be. And I will be a part of whatever people you find. And then she says, your God will be my God. 
Now, earlier we just said that Orpah went back to Moab and to her gods. In these verses, we even find that Ruth uses, says, may the, the Lord, that Lord in all capital letters, using the personal name of God by saying, not only am I going to be committed to your God, I know him, I know his personal name, I'm going to use it to show you. I am going to be with your God. My gods do not matter anymore. How I grew up, what I used to think, all of that is different because what I've seen in you, I've seen that it has been real, it has been genuine, and it has changed what I think and what I believe. And I am now believing in your God. I want him. And I'll give up everything else. Then she says this, you ready? Um, She says, where you die, I'll die. Now there's an age difference here. I don't know what it is, but, but there, there are several years between these two women. And for her to say, where you die, I will die, means not only am I going to be this committed to you while you're alive, but even long after you're gone, I'll still be committed to your God. I'll still be committed to your people. I'll still be committed to your customs. I'll still be committed to your family. All of those things, I will be not just while you're alive, but even after you're gone until I die. I will be committed. And then she goes on even more after that. She says, and there I will be buried. Now you would think for most of us, that well, of course, I mean, if you die there, they're probably going to bury you out back somewhere, right? I mean, that, that, that's logical. But here's, it means something extra special to Ruth. Because Moab, being that land there, they would have multiple gods. And and part of the belief system there would be um, that for the people of Moab, they would always want to be, if they went somewhere else, they wanted to be buried in Moab. They would want to be taken back to Moab and be buried there. Because part of the belief system was that to get to the afterlife, that the gods of Moab would only take you to the afterlife if you were buried in Moab. So for her to say, Wherever you are buried, wherever we go, I will be buried there. Was just reinforcement of saying, I don't believe those things anymore. I've given up on those customs, those traditions, those false beliefs, and those false gods. I am with you, and I am with your God. Now, you and I, we read through these, and it is, when you read through that, it's... Hopefully somebody, maybe some of, of you even had this, this idea in your head of, I've heard that at a wedding, right? I mean, those, the, that last little paragraph there, some, maybe it was said even at your wedding. Maybe you didn't realize that it was being said from a girl to her mother-in-law um, when, when you put it in your wedding. Um, but it, that's, that's actually the context there. Um, but it's a commitment that you and I can see that there is, it is, this is not obligation. Obligation was Orpah. And I'll be with you, but uh, I'm just kind of obligated because I used to be married to your son, but he's gone and I have a way out, so all right, see ya. But for Ruth, it is very much, you know, I, I love you. And it is easy to see. I know that it's easy to see the love there or else this wouldn't appear in, in weddings. There's love that's in this commitment. And she, she has this love commitment for her. And it's amazing to see. It's, it's something that, that is almost, um, almost envious. 
something that, that when you see those, those kinds of relationships that sometimes we even say and would think to ourselves, I, I want something like that. Once upon a time, um, there was a, a, a diamond merchant who had bought for himself and for his store an extremely large diamond worth, I have no idea how much money, but, but more than most anyone would ever want to pay. But he was a merchant. He wanted to sell it. He wanted to make money. So he hired, very specially, a man who knew more about diamonds than anyone else would know. Hired him to come and to sell that diamond. As people would come into the store, the salesman would approach them and, and, and just begin to tell them about the diamond. One day, a man walked into the store, and, and, and the salesman walked and greeted him, and he, he said, tell me about this diamond. And so he began to go on and on and on about the, 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 those, those seas that you're supposed to know about that I've probably forgotten of all, the, the cut of it and how, how perfect the cut of the diamond was and in the clarity of it and the color of how clear it was and the carrot of how much the, the, the weight of it and would go on and on about the specifications about the diamond and where it was from and, and why it was so clear because it was from this part of this region and, and, and why, all the different things about the diamond. And the man, after hearing all of this, turns it down. He says, no, I, I just, not, I don't think so. And so as he exited the store, the, the, the owner of the store kind of caught him. And he said, you, more than anyone else, you've looked at that diamond and listened to that guy. Do, do you want to buy it? Could you buy it? He said, well, I could, but I, I just don't know. I've heard all about it, but I, I just don't know. And the owner says, well, could I tell you about it? He says, well, sure. So the owner of the store, he says, well, let me tell you about what I dream about when I look at that thing. Let me tell you about the emotions that it brings up inside of me when I see the way that it sparkles like nothing else I've ever seen before. Let me tell you, and he begins to just describe the way that this, this, this man loves diamonds. And upon finishing, the, 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 the man says, I'll take it. And he says, all right, now i got to know, what's the difference? Because the other guy told you all about it. So what's the difference? Why would you buy it from me and not from him? Because I paid him to sell the thing. And he says, well, the other guy knows all about them. But you love them. And there's a difference. You and I, it is, it is relatively easy, I think, for us to see love, real love, true, genuine love. For Orpah, her relationship with Naomi was out of obligation. And there are, there are people that live their relationship with God as if, as if it is out of obligation. They are very committed. They may even show up at church on Sunday night. Because they are committed. But it might just be out of obligation. And when people see that, it's, it's, it's respectful. It's admirable. But for most people that see that, for them it is respected. It is admirable, but it is not for them. I respect that about you, but it is not for me. 
That is for you. That is your commitment, your obligation. Ruth, on the other hand, is, is, is her relationship, her commitment to Naomi is out of love. And there are people that live their relationship with God that way. And it's easy to see. And when other people see that, instead of seeing the admirable qualities about the person, they see God. They see God as the motivation for what they do. God is the motivation for how they live. It's what their conversations are about. It just seems so easy. And in, instead of thinking, no, that's not for me, there's something that you and I just want about it. Even for those of us that are Christians, you can probably think of someone that you notice their relationship with God and you would think to yourself, I wish I had something more like that. Because they love God. And it seems so easy. And you desire a relationship with God like that because of the love that they have for him. I want to very simply challenge you tonight to live out your commitment to God out of love not out of obligation. You can, and many do. And the commitment is, is there. And, and it is a very real commitment. But it's not desirable by anyone else. But when you and I live our relationship with God out of love, and our commitment comes from loving Him first, that's desirable. That's something that the people around you will take notice of not just your commitment, but they'll take notice of your love, not just of your love, but who it is that you love. And it will draw people to God. That's my challenge for you tonight. As simple as that may be, as we look at this story, at the beginning of the story of Ruth, we just, to me, it is her relationship with Naomi. It, it is a wonderful picture of commitment that's out of love. And I hope that I am the kind of Christian that lives that way. That when people see me, they see that I go to Temple Baptist Church and they see that I work there. I hope that they think to themselves more than just, well, he goes to church because he's paid there. He goes to church because whatever. That you go to church because you've been here for a long time. Your parents go here. You're from here. Hopefully it's more than that. I hope that people would see us as a, as a, as a church that loves God. And that love would be contagious. Let's pray together. Father, So often we tell you that we love you, and we do. Father, for, for the vast majority of us probably in the room tonight, we do love you. God, for the, the vast majority of us, we, we are committed to you. God, it's easy to see. 
But God, I pray that what would be the easiest to see would be our love for you, not just our commitment to you. Father, as we've examined your word, I pray that we are challenged to love you, to be with you, to go wherever it is that that you want to go, to follow you. Father, to take who we used to be, what we used to belong to, what we used to be a part of, and completely disregard it and, and to be rid of it, to be yours, to cling to you out of love. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to see more of who you are because when we see more of who you are it's so easy to love you Father tonight for for us as we end this service as we come to a time of of prayer as a, a time of commitment Father I pray that that you would lead Father whatever decisions need to happen God that, that you would be in charge Father, we would do what it is that you are calling us to do right now. Look forward to what you're going to do in our lives as we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.